0: morning uh, but I believe that God is wanting to speak to us who are here and uh, and you know this message is for all of us. Um, I really believe that right now we are in a season, uh, well from my perspective anyway, a season where many people are, are experiencing a, a kind of awakening um, and that's probably the best word that I can use to describe it. And I keep hearing um, different ones saying to me, you know, there was a lady just the other day we were having coffee with. She said, I, I just feel this joy just, you know, comes up randomly during the week. And, uh, and, I, and I, it's no particular reason why, but it's just this deep joy that, I, um, that comes over me. Uh, and I just feel like something fresh and new is happening within my life. And others have shared that, you know, they, they just have a sense of expectancy, that God is, is doing something new and fresh and... and um, you know, I've had others say, you know, that they're just excited about the future and about the future of the church. You know, and you look at the church generally, you know, overall, and you think, well, is there a lot to be excited about? But the, but God is moving, and God is going to do something. He is actually in the process right now um, of bringing an awakening to His people. And one way I can describe it for me personally, because I've been feeling this as well myself, um, is just f- i just remember the first time that my eyes were opened to um, and my heart was awakened at the age of fifteen um, to the beautiful young girl that you know at school and who a, sh- a few short years later be- became the wife of my youth and um, and i just this it's awakening it's like it just reminds me of that you know i was just awakened to really i was awakened to romantic love that 's what I was awakened to and um and I can see that happening, that awakening happening in the church. And, and it's like a, a divine romance that Jesus has called us into as his bride. And, you know, I know that can, that can sound a bit strange for men. Uh, I think women can kind of enter right into that, you know, really easily. But maybe for men it's a bit more difficult. But really what we're talking about is, is, a, is a deep relationship, an encounter with God that he's calling us into as the body of Christ um, to himself, who is the bridegroom. Um, and he's coming back. He's coming back for his bride and uh, and he's calling us into that place. Anyway, my message this morning is about an incredible awakening that happened in a young man um, in the Bible named Jacob. Let me introduce it with a, another little personal experience. Vanessa shared one personal experience that she had um, in our home down at Marram Creek because um, I remember the time and she was... Anyway, I won't go into all the details, but she was, that was an experience she had at that, at that season, in that season of our life. And um, so this was another chapter in our life together as a young married couple. And a few years after we were married, we built this, this little home down at Marram Creek. And after we moved in, I spent weeks, and it was actually probably months, um, s- just smoothing out the soil all around the house. Uh, it was just dirt, you know, there was nothing there. I smoothed it all out, just waiting for the grass to grow and, and at this particular time it had been raining and I thought, great, this is really good for the grass, you know, it's gonna, all going to come through. And one day, um, though, I, I left the front gate open and Vanessa's father was taking a few cattle past our house to another paddock because we lived out of town at Mount Creek. Well, the cows saw the open gate and thought, well, this must be where we're going in. And I can remember chasing those rotten cows around and around the house Um, And I slipped on the driveway, you know, I really could have hurt myself badly. Slipped on the driveway because it was wet and went rolling, skirted across the ground. And to say that I was angry would be a gross understatement. It was, uh, and you know what, when you chase cows, uh, you get more mess than you actually bargain for. Um, I learned a lot in my days out in the country and living near the farm. So the whole place was a disaster area. But I had no one to blame except myself. Um, in the end, it was me. I left the gate open. I gave free access to whoever or whatever wanted to enter in through that gate um, whenever they liked. And so it just happened to be a few cows, a few cows that thought they'd take up the invitation and come in. So this morning, I want to talk a little bit about gates. And hopefully, you'll see how gates and awakening fit together. In my mind, they fit really well together. I hope you can catch it as well. And I want, I want to talk about a particular gate, that if we choose to enter it, it changes our life profoundly. It will change everything. Genesis 28 verse 10 says, Now Jacob went out from Bathsheba and went toward Haran. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night, because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head. And he lay down in that place to sleep. Then he dreamed and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth and it, it, uh, its top reached to heaven. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Jacob then hears the voice of God, um, just just ad-libbing here. God, Jacob hears the voice of God telling him how, you know, all these wonderful promises about his life, how he's going to give Jacob the land that he's on how his descendants are going to multiply, and they'll be like, you know, the dust of the earth. Um, and so it's a great promise. And then in, in verse 16, it says, then Jacob awoke from his sleep. You know, the church has been asleep. On You know, I, I I believe there's awakening happening now, but the church has been asleep. And God is calling us to wake up from our slumber, awake from our complacency, awake to the new things that God is wanting to do, and awakening to to see things with the eyes eyes of the Spirit. Not just to see the natural, but to see things as God sees them and as he wants to reveal them. And uh, back in Jacob 28, Jacob says, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put at his head and set it up as a pillar, and poured oil on top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel. Uh, Bethel or Bethel literally means house of God. Jacob was uh, as a man. He was a man called by God. Uh, he was tr- strategic in the destiny that God had for his people at that time, but he was no angel. In fact, his name Jacob means deceiver, and he was in some respects, a manipulator. Um, he, he was a bit... Uh, so, and so God had to get his attention. He had to wake him up um, to, to some truth and reality about himself. He was on a journey of finding out who he was and what he was meant to be doing um, in life. And he finds himself in the desert where all he had for a pillow was a stone. And uh, he had an incredible God dream. It's he didn't have a nightmare with a stone for a pillow, but he had an incredible God dream. And right in that place, he saw angels ascending and descending, and he could see the, the ladder that, that was reaching right up into heaven. Now, I'm supposing that Jacob's description of a ladder um, is probably the best he could do um, to, dis- to describe it in natural terms, but I, I imagine that would have been some ladder um, going up to heaven and the angels and, and coming up and down. And when Jacob woke up, his first response was, the Lord is right here, and I didn't know it. He's right here, and I didn't know it. And when Jacob, so, and then he was, he was awestruck, and he, he realized that where he was actually was where God dwelt. And because he could see the ladder and the angels going up and down, he said, Actually, this is the gate of heaven, right here. It's not only the presence of God, it's not only God's house, but, but this is the gate of heaven. And he was, there was a lot going on in Jacob's life at that time. He was in the process of on a journey to find a wife. Um, a little bit later on, we find that Jacob is um, wrestling with God, physically wrestling with God. He comes out of that wrestle with a, with a limp. But uh, you know, it was also an emotional wrestle. It was a spiritual wrestle that Jacob was going through. So a lot was going on for Jacob. God was doing a lot in his life right then. Um, but in, 20, in chapter 28, it says he says, God is here and I didn't even know it. And this is really a revealing statement. Do we we really know and understand that God is here? Do we really know that this is the gate of heaven? Jacob was awakened for whatever reason to the presence of God. He was awakened to see things in the spirit that he hadn't hadn't seen before. And the reality is, God is always with us. Jacob had the revelation of him in the desert, you know, but a full revelation of of the truth would have seen that Jacob would realize that God was always with him. He was always there with him. God's presence was always there. In Hebrews 13:5 it says for he himself has said I will never leave you nor forsake you. In Acts 17:28 in him we live and move and have our being. We are so intimately entwined with the presence of God. Acts 17, 28, for in him we live and move, I'm sorry, Psalm 46, verse 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. You know, God was with you when you stumbled out of bed this morning. He was with you when you drove here in the car. Um, You know, he was with you when you were asleep in your bed last night. You know, every, this is why I was praying before, every breath, you know, you weren't awake, you weren't able to make it all happen, but God You know, kept your breathing. He kept your heart going. He he was with you every moment. He's with you when you face life's most challenging situations and life's challenging decisions. And he's with you when when life brings, you know, heartbreaking experiences um, to you. But here is the thing. Wherever God's presence is, so is the gateway of heaven. And, you know, we just need a revelation that the gate to the heavenly realm and the, and the very presence of God is always right here, very present. And we are never alone. We can go into that heavenly presence and we can enter in through that gate any time of the night or day. It's an open gate. You know, since I've been looking at this and preparing this message, there's a couple of times where I've woken up in the middle of the night and I've, I've thought, you know, I because I often wake up thinking about things and, Going over stuff in my mind and you know, what things that are going on in my life and all that kind of stuff and but I, I just made a choice and I said, God, right now I'm just gonna choose to go in. I'm just gonna go in the gate, right now. You know, I'm there laying in my bed and um, I'm just gonna choose to go in the gate and, and be in your presence and worship you and, and love you. No other agendas, just that. You know, and we have that total access any time. And I know that we, we all know it, we all realise that you know um, the presence of God is not contained in a building. In fact, the, the, the presence of God is uncontained, totally uncontained. God's presence, his love and mercy is, is everywhere. Think about the lame man who, um, who went every day to sit at the gate beautiful and, uh, and he would sit there and beg right just outside the gate and uh, he sat there and, and totally dependent on others as they came in and went in, in and out of that gate and many of them going uh, to the temple to worship and pray. And, you know, this man was there in many ways because religion religion kept him there. You know, he was unclean and um, so religion had a big part to him being just there and not being able to enter in. But the grace of God brought Peter and John uh, alongside him and, and in the end he was completely healed and had a miracle but why should we have to look to others and depend on, upon others who have been in the gate? You know, we shouldn't. Um, our culture, even our church culture, has become one where we, where we look to others who are anointed. We look to others who, are, who have been into the presence of God. And I know that's a general statement, and maybe you're one here that, that is an exception to that. But it's, it's time we all took, each one of us, took responsibility for ourselves... And each one of us stepped in through the gate. In Jesus, we are all free to enter. Whatever our condition, whatever we've been through, whatever our disability may be, whatever health issues we have, whatever it is, we each have free access to go into the gate. Why stay outside and beg God for the bare necessities of life? You know, when we can enter into the fullness of God's presence and his glory any time. Even here, as we gather together on a Sunday morning, you choose whether you enter in through the gate or not. It's not about how good the worship is. It's not about, you know, whether it's real-life worship leaders and, you know, people playing instruments or whether it's something on a screen that we, that we follow. It's not about how good the preaching is. It's not about how, you know, who you're sitting next to or whatever else is going on in your life. It's not about any of those things. And I love it when T.D. Jakes says, you don't need to be in the midst of incredible anointed worship to enter in through the gate. You become the worship. You become the worship. You just need a shift. Each one of us, I'm talking to myself too, we just need a shift uh, to happen in the way that we see things. And regardless of, of the form of worship going on at the front of the church, it can become an amazing experience in the presence of God because you personally have experienced a shift. You make a choice to enter in through the gate of heaven. It doesn't matter where you go or what kind of environment you are in. You can make your own music. Think about Paul and Silas, uh, chained in the, in the dark depths of the jail, uh, in prison. And in Acts 16.25 it says, But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. They didn't have a worship team up the front leading them. They didn't even have a video on a screen. They were just there by themselves in dark, in darkness, chained together. And they, they prayed and they worshipped together. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors uh, opened. All the gates, all the doors opened. And everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awakening, awakening from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing that the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Praise and worship can do incredible things when you enter into that place that comes from within. What an incredible testimony to the power of praise and worship. Paul and Silas just simply worshipped in that place. What a terrible circumstance. What a terrible situation to be in. And yet they praised and worshipped God. And what unfolded was a supernatural outpouring of God's deliverance and grace. The doors and the gates flung open. Let's take it a step further. Wherever you are, God is. Wherever God's presence is, is also the gate of heaven. Christ lives in you the Holy Spirit lives in you. In fact, the Bible says you are filled with all the fullness of God. So think about this. As spirit-filled sons and daughters of God, you are the gate of heaven. You are the gate of heaven. Before you stone me with heresy, let's listen to this. In Psalm 24.6, it says, this is Jacob. Okay, now we're in the Psalms, talking about Jacob. This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek his face. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift up, Be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The, um, lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Now, listen to this from the Passion Translation. So wake up, you living gateways. Lift up your heads, you ageless doors of destiny. Welcome the King of Glory, for he is about to come through you. You ask, who is the King of Glory? The Lord, armed and ready for battle. The mighty one, invincible in every way. So wake up, you, you living gateways, and rejoice. Fling wide, you ancient Sorry, you ageless doors of destiny. For here he comes, the king, the king of glory is ready to come in. You are living gateways. As the people of God, we are ageless doors of destiny. I love that. I love that expression. We are ageless because we are eternal. We are ageless doors of destiny. And he is about to come through you. And at the gate of heaven, the angels ascend and descend And so what are the angels? They are God's ministering spirits. They are God's messengers. And in Revelation chapter 8, it says the angels offer up prayers um, the prayers of the saints to God. And and here in, in Genesis 28, we see them ascending and descending on the ladder. So what are they doing? They are carrying our praise and worship like incense up to God. They are carrying our prayers and our intercession to God into the heavenly realm. So what else are they doing? They're bringing down the, the messages that God has for His people, for us. So they're going up and they're down, up and down, doing this, doing this work. This is their job. And so here is another important point about uh, accessing the gate of heaven. It is vital to know that we are and we can enter through the gate into the heavenly realm. But it's also important that we know how we enter. And Psalm 100 verse 4 says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Enter into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. There is the key to entering in to the gates of heaven. How easy it is for us to get caught up in seeking after, you know, the blessings of God for us and for our needs and I'm, I'll go to church and I'll be ministered to and I'll, I'll, I'll receive something, you know, from God and I'll, you know, I'm going to be filled and I'm going to be, I'm going to be, I'm going to be. You know, how often do we actually go into the presence of God, into church even and think, I'm just going to bless the Lord. I'm just going to give him thanks and praise without any other agendas. I'm just going to minister to the Lord. We bless him when we come to him with hearts of gratitude and thankfulness. We bless him when we worship him and when we, when we praise him simply for who he is. And that's the heart attitude that will take you through the gate. And as you go through the gate, you automatically take with you everything that pertains to your life. And I've always believed that the best position that you can be in to be healed is in worship. It's in worship. And true worship isn't about just being here. It's not just, you know, we're not in worship just because we're here in church this morning, sitting here or being part of this. Um, True worship isn't just about being here. it's 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 much more than just turning up on a Sunday morning. It's about going through the gate, being grateful for the breath that you breathe, being thankful for life itself, you know, blessing God because he is good. We sang about it. You know, I've been singing about this morning, God, you are good. It's about declaring that, you know, that he's faithful, that he's gracious, that he is Father, he is Saviour, he is Holy Spirit. And it's about stepping into that realm in the Spirit that transcends the natural. It transcends natural limitations, It, it transcends natural obstacles, it rises above the confinement and the containment of this world. Church isn't a place to come and sing a few songs and hear a nice message. Church is about the people of God gathering together and entering in the gates of praise into his glorious presence. And if you haven't experienced that before, then perhaps you are coming to that place just as Jacob did, where he had a revelation that this is none other than the house of God and this is the gate of heaven. And you choose whether you go in or not. But going in means you enter in with thankfulness and praise. You bring an offering you bring a gift. You bring a blessing to God. And while you have judgments and attitudes in your heart, while you are, you know, there's murmuring and complaining going on, don't even think that you will enter into the gates of heaven. That's not how you enter. Whether you're entering in the gates of heaven or opening the hearts of men and women with the gospel of Jesus Christ, there's a godly biblical principle that whatever you sow, you will reap. If you sow gratitude and blessing to God and to others, it's simply a spiritual law of life, you know, or a principle of life that you will receive in same measure. So don't don't give so that you can get. Don't become like Jacob once was and be a manipulator of God. God looks at the heart. He knows the motives of our heart. But in Luke 6.38 it says, Give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the measure, that, the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Give praise and worship and blessing to God in abundance and God will use that same measure back to you as he blesses your life. And if your experience of church you know, hasn't been what you've wanted it to be, then even now, this morning, it would be a great time to not just be at the gate, but to enter in through it. Have you blessed God with unconditional praise and worship as you enter the gates of heaven? Do you realize that you are in fact a living gateway? That you are an ageless door of destiny? Out of this, my whole message, that thing has spoken to me. (laughs) I just love it, that I am an ageless door of destiny. The journey that we're on together, you know, it's a lot about knowing who you are. First of all, it's about knowing who God is. But then, out of that, we come to know who we are. Jacob finally began to see his life in a whole different way, because he saw the gate of heaven and he experienced the house of God. And it was only, it was, it was, um, it was way out in the wilderness, and he used a stone uh, as a pillow. And then Jacob arose, and it says, and he gathered the stone with many others, and he made a, a monument out in the desert. He wanted to make a significant monument so that he could always come back to that place whenever he needed to. And, and he, poured, he poured oil over the stones um, to consecrate that place as the house of God. And the oil, as we know, speaks of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit was poured out in that place. But Jacob lived in a different time, and we now live the other side of the cross, in a, under a different covenant altogether. And when we encounter the presence of God and the gate of heaven, we don't, we don't have to build a monument. You know, we don't have to pour oil over it. You allow the Holy Spirit to pour his anointing on your own life. And you carry the presence of God and you, you, you carry the gateway of heaven within yourself. And wherever you go, the presence of God is and the gate of heaven is. And it's just like that song we sang this morning, that last song we sang called King of Heaven. I don't know if it's a new song for you. I don't think it's particularly a new song, but it might be new for you. Um, There's a little bit of a story why I've got that song this morning. Um, They're also doing that song in Ballina this morning for the first time as well. But the way that it all came about was God. And so, um, you know, I want to sing that song again this morning. It speaks of God being the mountain to where we run. And, uh, you know, the fountain that we drink from and that he is my song and he is good. But worship has to come from you. It comes from your heart. You enter into that place. Don't look at what others are doing. Don't think about all the things that you know aren't quite right, whether it's here or in your life or whatever. Just let go of every distraction and worship. There might just be a handful of us here, but we can experience personally, ourselves, a fresh place of worship and an encounter with God this morning, just as Jacob did. Make a decision, I'm going in. I'm not satisfied to hang around the gate. I'm entering in through the gate and I'm running into the presence of God. Get ready to give your angels plenty of blessings to carry with them as they go up the ladder. I, had, you know, I just had this thought, wouldn't it be a terrible thing if we had our angels standing at the bottom of the gate and they, were, they had nothing to take? They're waiting, standing at the bottom of the gate for us to give them some, something to take to God. And we, and we give them nothing. That would be such a sad and terrible, tragic place to be. So why don't we stand this morning as we close. And, uh, and I just want to invite you to enter in through the gate this morning as we worship. I know we haven't got the live worship team. I know this is a screen in front of us. But it's not about that. It wouldn't matter if we had the best worship team in the world here right this morning. It wouldn't change the fact that you personally are able to enter in through the gate this morning. So we'll turn this up, Luke, and um, let's sing this together and just take this moment, this opportunity to worship God.